98 Not Out, sponsored by Shepherd Neen, proud supporters of cricket in Essex. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome along here. It is 98 Not Out, it's cricket time on Phoenix FM. How and is everyone? We are still here. We are still here. It's like we haven't moved, isn't it? No, we, we was meant to move, <laughs> and due to me being sacked, we, uh, we, are, we aren't moving. Or have it, I don't know, whatever it was. I've, We're still anyway, here in our regular slot, so uh, worry not, trusted listener, and we've got... Um, very, very busy show tonight. But first, before that, thanks to Ian Lee for another great drive show. You're welcome. Absolutely. That's all right, mate. We always like to give you a little thank you for all that good hard work you do. Love you too, mate. <laughs> yeah. Of course, if you are listening live, you'll be local radio for Brentwood and Billericay areas. Of course, you could be listening via the internet, your start smart speaker or the Phoenix FM app as well. Or, of course, if you aren't listening live and you've downloaded our podcast, thank you very much indeed. Uh, so don't forget, you can as well join in with all the chat on Facebook. Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Ian has actually left himself logged into Facebook, so uh, I'm going to put a few oh nice messages up for him oh on dear. that one. Because he doesn't do the same, does he? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Look, look, it's how nice we are, Ian. We're logging you out. How nice oh, are we? We're way thank too you. good. I, I've, already, I've already done it to somebody today. Uh, yeah. Hello, know. Michelle. We're way too nice. This is your Twitter as well. Oh, there you go. So, what have we got on our show? So, we have a couple of lovely guests with us this evening. So, Darren, who are our guests? Yeah, so we're going to kick off with our guests. So, um, first of all, we've got the Essex Cricket Development Manager. I think that's the right title, isn't it? Mr. Graham Pryke is here. Hello, Graham. Hello there. Pleased to meet you. You doing well? I think so. Very brave wearing a pair of shorts tonight, you brave man. Safe on the radio. Standard Essex staff yeah, attire is shorts right. in January. I think that all the staff, it's on. It's in your contract, isn't it, to wear shorts? I think uh, so. Probably, probably. And our other guest, now this is a rare treat because he's interviewed me, I think, two or three times before on, on his radio show. Um, but uh, it's an absolute pleasure and a, indeed an honour <laughs> to welcome Dick Davis commentator extraordinaire across Essex cricket. Hello, Dick. <laughs> Hello, Darren. Yeah, extra, some people would say extraordinaire is the right adjective to use, yes. <laughs> yes, distinctly bizarre at times. Yeah, no, no, I'm really pleased to come along. No, Not easy to find, though. I'm glad you sent me directions. Yeah, we have to tell people because they can wander off into the, <laughs> yes. into the darkness, especially this time of year. It's, uh, it's a bit tricky, but you're both here uh, and uh, fit and well. So, let, Graham, let's start with you, if we don't mind. Um, so, Development manager, you're sort of the conduit between um, Essex cricket and club cricket and grassroots stuff, is that right? Yep, uh, we've got quite a big team, probably about 10, 11 of us that work there full time and we all have different areas that we cover. I specifically work with clubs, leagues uh, and our facilities as much as possible. Clubs have a massive need to improve their facilities all the time, provide something where women, children families can generally come and have an enjoyable uh, session at the club and so we're spending a lot of time and effort trying to encourage clubs to improve those facilities um, and also playing facilities clubs desperately need nets yeah. uh, non-turf now and again and part of my role as well is working very closely with local authorities uh, with the playing pitch strategy which uh, combines all the houses that are being built in this uh, county of ours and across the country uh, to make sure that cricket, along with other governing bodies, gets plenty of cash towards facilities for that's, the people. That's that are a really good point because um, over at Billericay, where I'm involved, um, there's a there's a big threat going on at the moment. We're fighting it with all of our might that part of this government house building program um, 
it's trying to eat into where we are located. We're going to push back as hard as we can. I think we're winning at the moment, but it's a real threat to any sports club or sports ground, and particularly cricket, given the size of cricket pitches and, and the amount of land that cricket clubs occupy. Um, this housing threat really is a worry. And I know to a lot of clubs, they're in, they're in severe danger. Yeah, I suppose from our point of view, all we want to do is make sure we get the best facilities. Uh, occasionally, we will look for new uh, grounds to be built but by and large the demand and the stock levels we have in rural Essex are sufficient for the sort of needs even with a growing population and so really our role is to just make sure that if there is funds available uh, that we try and push that towards improving the facilities at those clubs but uh, yeah it's a worry I don't think hopefully pitches are not at risk um, one of the other challenges of course is uh, as houses get closer to, to grounds the risk of a ball coming out and smashing into a, a roof or whatever. So we, we have issues there as well. But all good fun. And yeah. It uh, keeps me busy. <laughs> well, I suppose if you buy a house next to a cricket ground, you kind of have to buy into the fact that this kind of thing's going to happen, I would have thought. And is it just Essex or are you involved in Suffolk and uh, the surrounding counties? Uh, my role is really Essex, <coughs> but um, we do obviously try and catch up with all our colleagues from neighbouring counties. Uh, we've got facilities. We, I, I also facilitate the Groundsman Association, so we will overlap with other areas of uh, the country to sort of just try and make sure we're all following the same practice. And, it's a uh, solid bunch of men, the Groundsman Association, isn't it? I've met a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> so talking of I'm not commenting on that. Talking of developments, the, the new lights are going in at the club. How's how's that going? Um Have you well, seen much of that? <laughs> we were working away from site today. I think the last of the uh, site um floodlights have gone in today, so fingers crossed uh, everyone will have an improved view and, and vision when they go to watch matches this summer. Yeah. I, I, it amazes me cricket players playing under lights. Brett and I got involved somehow in a game up at Chelmsford <laughs> a couple of years ago under the lights and the amount of drop catches that went on because the ball goes up you get literally blinded by the light and uh, so when you my hat goes I take my hat off to professionals that manage to make it look completely effortless but I guess under these new they're replacing what was what used to be halogen lights or halogen bulbs with these LED lights, which apparently makes everyone look better on high-definition television. <laughs> boys, boys will be pleased with that, won't they? <laughs> if it helps them catch the ball, I'm sure that's what matters. So, yeah. <laughs> and you're very busy. I mean, I follow you on Facebook. You are continuing, and, 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 you know, sterling work. You are out and about at various meetings and, and, and uh, you know, being involved. You know, it's, a, it's, it's full on from what I've seen. I think from my point of view I've been a club cricketer all my life and I just really want to share with every single club that wants the help uh, that offer that's there and uh, it just means going out and about and and to be fair because it's a volunteer sector where most people are at work during the day that does mean going out in the evenings which is really not a massive issue for me it's it's talking about the sport I love to bits yeah I, I get told off by my wife for going out in the evenings so I say we are talking about sport, but... Um. Graham, if there are any clubs that aren't already in contact with you within Essex, I imagine you've probably touched base with most. How, how would they get in touch with you and how, how could they go about getting some help? Um, well, for example, I spend a lot of time talking to clubs around, as I've said earlier, we're, we're looking at two or three clubs at the moment that want to improve their facilities internally, so their social space, their, their toilet block, their bars... Uh, there's sometimes there's funding other times we just have to point them towards perhaps other external sources of funding 
Um, and as far as possible, if I can fit it into the schedule, just give me a call. I'm, my phone is available on the Essex website um, and my, my details or look me up on Facebook. I'm always there and uh, fully accessible. Um, quite happy to chat to anybody at all about the cricket. And really, from what I try and deliver is then to branch it out because obviously our massive driver at the moment is girls and women's cricket through our Dynamo cricket that's launching this summer. That's a big thing this, this year, that's right. Um, or to All Stars. And again, combined with that, we have to look at ways to make sure the facilities are right for our girls and women to come and play in the grounds and, and things like that. Is that a scary thing for clubs that they're now having to look at their facilities and how they can change it to be more inclusive for all? Um, it's a challenge. I, I mean, I don't think... As a sport, we're very, very lucky. There's very few sports where... Uh, men and women can play in the same tide it's a brilliant brilliant sort of part of our game and, and it's happening more and more and long may that continue but it is a challenge when for some reason the lovely guys that we are we expect the women to turn up either changed or dress in the uh, ladies mm. toilets and it's really we can't we can't expect to change 250 clubs to have extra changing rooms but We've got to find a way to work together and, and, and clubs, to be fair, have been very, very uh, positive about how we sort of address that situation. How, how are councils helping? In the, are the government helping at all with cricket clubs, as in letting them easier on, say, planning permission or giving them some funds to do it? Is there funds available through central government for this sort of thing? Well, again, through the playing pitch strategy, we will release funds from time to time. Similarly, there are some pots of money in the Essex County. I don't, I don't want to necessarily give their, <laughs> give their funding, but again, um, Essex Cricket and our clubs generally have, have been very, very well received by lots and lots of uh, charities around the county. And I think, again, any club that helps itself um, and looks into the possibilities, I, I've not seen any local authority that is not going to want to support that. I, I think that would be very uh, yeah. politically not of a good ground to be on. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we should bring our other guest in as well this evening. Uh, and he's a, he's a voice that, for you cricket lovers of Essex, he's is a voice you'll know very, very well, as he is one of the uh, BBC Essex it's commentators. The voice of cricket in, in Essex. Essex. Indeed he is. <laughs> Mr Dick Davis. Dick, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, Brett. Yep, yep, and thanks very much for the invite to be here. I'm uh, really pleased to come. Oh, most welcome to have you along. So, Dick, how, how did you actually get into commentating on Essex games? Um, well, if ever I wrote a, uh, an autobiography... You should. Um, <laughs> I'd call it Lucky Little Devil, because when I think of all aspects of my life, um, both professional and, and, and indeed social, um, I just happened on numerous occasions to have been in the right place at the right time. And um, I started working for the radio station, not doing cricket, in 93. I used to listen to their afternoon broadcasts uh, in the winter, and I realised it was wall-to-wall football, which is understandable because it is the big sport. Now, my winter sport has always been rugby. I played for many seasons. Um, I was absolutely useless. I really only played it to keep vaguely fit from one cricket. You were Saracens fan, did I hear that? I was a Saracens fan. I didn't play for Saracens. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Saracens you, later on. You might, but <laughs> you might say, who are Saracens? Yes. Right. Um, and um, so I, I noticed that, you know, it was all wall-to-wall football in the winter. And uh, so I contacted the radio station and um, 
the sports um, boss then happened to be a chap called Mark Pudgatch, who has now moved on oh, yeah. to, to yep. great things. What, what, almost whatever sports channel you switch on, he, he yeah. is there presenting the programmes. I think, you know, uh, and not only... You know, he, he covers cricket, rugby, football. Anyway, so I said to Mark, you know, I introduced myself, and uh, I said, you know, I've noticed you've got a bit of... You know, nobody seems to do rugby on your programme. And he said, well, we'd love to do a little bit of it, but we don't know anybody who'd do it. And I sort of said, well, I just, you know... <laughs> please sir sort of idea and uh, so I came along and started doing a bit of rugby yeah, quite understandably and uh, naturally it played very much second f- second fiddle to football I mean even say second fiddle or sort of 17th fiddle really and um, but at least they gave me a little bit to do every, every week and I went off to a different rugby ground and I did this for two or three years and, uh, and I said well actually my main sport is cricket you know um, I played cricket for, well, club cricket for 40 seasons. Wow. And um, not very good at that either, really. But, but, you know, one of the joys of playing these games, I think, is, you know, you can get so much fun out of it. Mm. And, and when I, this is going off at a tangent, but anybody who's listened knows I, I do this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I gave up playing cricket, I really missed it. And I realised I didn't just miss hitting the ball or bowling the ball I missed, missed the blokes when you leave any job mm. you know people say well I, n- I won't miss the work but I'll miss the people exactly, I work with yeah. and it was the same when I gave up cricket anyway that's neither here nor there at the moment unless you work in banking by the way but anyway <laughs> oh, right, sorry. Yeah. yes I take your word for that um, so uh, so Mark said well that's really fortunate he said because one of our commentary team one of the commentary team was um, Peter Edwards who was also at the time secretary for Essex and he said he's finding it too much to commentate and to be Secretary of Essex. And uh, so we're really looking for a replacement. So as I say, I've, you know, um, been a, I've been a lucky little devil. And, and uh, this season, I realise, will be my... As I sat here, I was going through, I was running out of fingers. I realised this will be my 25th year. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the very first match I went to um, was on a, a Sunday one-day game. I can't remember what the competition would have been 25 years ago. John Player League, wouldn't it have been on Sunday? It was, yeah. Away to Derby. Guess what happened? It rained. (laughs) I think think the first innings took place, and then the heavens opened, uh, and that was it. So so I won't won't, uh, won't ever forget uh, my debut on air. But, I mean, I got into cricket because I was born into a cricketing family. I've got my brother's six or seven years older than I am, and he was a keen cricketer. My father founded the local club. I always say I was weaned on linseed oil. Mm. And um, so, you know, it was bound that I was going to be interested in cricket. Uh, as I say, I'm not being falsely immodest. I was never never a great player, but, uh, you know, I had some wonderful, wonderful times. Was that in Essex you were playing? Oh, that was in the upset. south of the county, yes. Right. Yes, I've lived in Essex since I was four years of, old, of age, and I'm now... A lot more. <laughs> 57. <laughs> or so. Yeah. It's funny uh, you should say about your, your debut being on a rainy day, because I think with cricket, more than any other sport, commentators really come into their own when rain stop play and uh, having to... When there isn't play in general, because actually if you look at a six-hour day, if you actually took every aspect of play, you probably know more than an hour, are you? Mm. No, that's right. Well, I mean, the great thing about cricket, you know, and obviously Graham knows this as well, if not better than I do, you know, a day at the cricket, as it's always called, 
there's so much more involved than the game itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, in no other game is the ground so important, the general ambience important. Because you're there for six hours, you know, an hour of which is, is the interval is tagged together anyway, it might be a lot longer if it, if it rains. Yeah, and, well, we, we've all been to enough cricket matches at, uh, at the county ground or any other county ground, um, and we know that, you know, the... the the actual game is a very important part of the day, but it's not the it's not the whole thing. No, 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 it's, no. A, it's, a, it's an overall experience, and uh, so therefore everything's got to be good. Which is why I'm delighted to hear that the improvements are being made at Chelmsford. I've noticed also on social media. In fact, I think I may have started the thread. <laughs> <laughs> I said something along the lines of, or somebody did. It's nice to have the new lights. But one thing that we really do need is some new toilets. Yeah, more of them. More <laughs> um, of them. I think yeah. those around the back of the. Um, the scoreboard and uh, well, all the public enclosures—they're okay, obviously, in the in the members in mm. the bar area. But all the public ones are. Well, yeah, I've queued up in some quite lengthy queues. Um, <laughs> yes. Have you got a favourite ground you like going to, Dick? Apart from Essex, obviously. Um, believe it or not, I have got a favourite ground, but I don't often. But I only go to it unofficially. You don't mean a club ground. You mean a? Mm. Yeah. I, I love Fenners. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's something about Fenners. I always feel a little bit guilty because when I go there, looking at the wonderful scene and feeling the atmosphere, I think, if only I'd worked harder at my (laughs) 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 A-levels. But uh, the counter-attraction of cricket and rugby and the girls' school next door meant that... uh, (laughs) that, Yeah, I went to kegs, I know all about that. (laughs) That university wasn't for me, but yeah, I love going there. Fenners is good because when you go there, it's always, most often it's for pre-season games, so it's that kind of excitement of getting outdoors for the first time, seeing cricket for the first time of the season and... uh, uh, and, and it's quite a, an intimate sort of a place, despite the kind there of... There is. You're up close to everyone there. It's, it's, it's and if I, if I may, I don't want to hog things, but like I remember it's invariably the first game of the season. Yeah. Um, and it's an important game, although I, I think they're going to downgrade it. There's talk of it yeah, downgrading it, but uh, neither here nor there. It's still make, The game is still the same. I can remember one year, you know, it's... Pretty miserable day towards the end of April. I can't remember what year it was, but if I if I went onto the history books, I could find out, because it was the year that uh, during the winter, Andy Flower had made his big demonstration with the other chap whose name escapes me, um, against the situation in uh, in Zimbabwe. Was that the year of the Cricket World Cup in South Africa? Would have been two thousand and three, two two thousand and three, somewhere around somewhere that around, time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he had not just made the back pages in the winter, but the front pages. Um, and I saw him, I was walking around Fenners in one direction, he was walking around in the other. And uh, I've always had a great respect for Andy Flower. As he came towards me, sort of had his hand out and shook it. And before I had a chance to say anything, he said, Hi, Dick, what have you been up to in the winter? And I thought, <laughs> what have I been up to? You know, there's this man who's made an international statement that goes way beyond cricket, and he, he wants to know what I'd been up to. <laughs> I think it was Pommy in Bangor, wasn't it, who, was, who made the statement? Uh, yeah, who's, who's, who's also a commentator yeah. now, isn't he? I think that was who made no, that, was it? Was it? Yeah, I think it's it was... not the name going through my mind. Was it? No. It was around back then, or wasn't it? Or in Teeny. Was it in no. Teeny? No, 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 no. no. Never mind. Yeah, around we'll that. Fight. No, yeah. it was another Zimbabwe player. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what. As soon as we come off air, at about a minute minute past seven, we'll all remember it. Well, that that, that, (laughs) I'll I'll try and Google it as we're going through. It was around that time. I'm sure it was a fast bowl. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's have a bit of music, and then we can try and get to the bottom of this mystery. (laughs) Why why not, indeed? Now, we we do have a bit of relevant music as well. Um, It might not seem relevant, but we'll explain why afterwards. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. With your hands on your hips. Sponsored by Shepherd Knee, proud supporters of cricket in Essex. So uh, we'll explain the music very, very shortly. Henry Alonga. Yes, Henry Alonga. Well done. We got there in the end. I've done a bit of I've done a bit of a Wikipedia in and Googling there, and uh, it was at the tenth um, of March two thousand and three. The match being played at the Harare Sports Club, and it was Zimbabwe's first match, um, and it was prior to the protest. Um, 
the only person who knew about it was Andy's brother Grant. It was um, David Coulthard who suggested wearing the black armband, and then some people made some black armbands on the day. A couple got arrested. In the next game, it sort of it went on from there, and it created a massive stir within Zimbabwe and the world at the time. Yes, quite. Uh, and that was the uh, I think that was the end of their international careers, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a kind of a pivotal World Cup, that one. It was it was a time that it sort of shifted from the traditional, uh, you know, the 75-79 format. Uh, and then it was when, you know, Duckworth Lewis came in, and any South African fan would tell you about Duckworth Lewis in the 2003 World Cup, because <laughs> it didn't go South Africa's way at all when the rain started falling, and, and they couldn't work out what was needed. And well, you should have read the small print. Well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But anyway, there we go, mystery solved. Yeah, there you go. So, why the time warp, Darren? Well, um, a great supporter of cricket passed away this week. That's right. Um, I'm sure everyone that's listening would know that uh, this week we lost Nicholas Parsons at the grand old age of 96. Didn't quite get to 98, not out. But 96 is still uh, a very, very good innings. And, uh, yes, time warp. Yeah, no, so I, you know, having, although growing up with Nicholas Parsons, remembering Sale of the Century yeah. and things like that, it was actually my abiding memory was him of, of appearing as the narrator in the 94 version of <laughs> Time Warp and appearing at the end in Stockings and Suspenders. That's right. And it, I mean, he, he got quite a lot of critical acclaim for it because everyone forget he was actually quite a big um, stage personality. He's done a lot of acting as well before his TV career really took off. Yeah, I went to see that at the Cliffs Pavilion in South End when, um, when he was in it. Oh, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> and I did do the Time Warp. Well, why not? It's a, if no one's ever seen, it, I can't believe anyone has. Honestly, it's well worth watching. It's Absolutely, a, a, a great. Um, what, what would you describe as, as a musical? I guess it is, isn't it? It is really. It, it is, but it's one that everyone gets involved with. I mean, you yes. can't just sort of. Uh, oh no, you have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are lines that people shout out from the audience. Yes, and even that now, when it's you know, people still dress up and go to it now when it gets reprised here or there. It, yes. it is a great musical. But earlier on today. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, Nicholas Parsons had been um, president of the Lord's Taverners and had been involved with the Lord's Taverners for a long while. We're really pleased to say that Paul Robin, who is the current CEO, CEO of the Lord's Taverners, joined us for a little chat. Okay, just joining us on the line now, we are very pleased to welcome the CEO of the Lord's Taverners, Mr. Paul Robin. Paul, welcome to 98 Not Out. Thank you very much, Darren. Nice to speak to you. How's things? Uh, not bad. Now, I know you're a busy man this evening. There's a function, I believe, at Lord's tonight for the charity. Yeah, that's right. We've got um, about 100 of our members and supporters coming to the museum, actually, at Lord's. Very we've nice. got a little display of our, our uh, archive material because it's our 70th anniversary year. 70 so, years. Wow. I know. I haven't been around uh, for all of it, unlike you, Darren. But. <laughs> I, I was there at the start, I remember. <laughs> You're it, it, younger than me. <laughs> I'm not sure I am, actually. But, uh, um, but yes, well done and congratulations on 70 years of, of, of fabulous work. Now, of course, Thank this you. week has been marked um, with the very sad news of the passing of Nicholas Parsons, who listeners... Yeah may or may not know, was a fantastic supporter and indeed the president of the Taverners uh, a few yeah. years ago. Um, would you just be so kind as to uh, give us your thoughts on, on his contribution to the cause? Of course, yeah. He was a lovely man. I think that came out in all the tributes that I think people would have seen in the, in, across the media. I mean, not a bad word spoken. I think that's how we viewed it here. We, you know, there were people quite upset in the office. We've obviously known him a long time. He was a, um, a president of the uh, you know, illustrious uh, lineup of presidents we've had over the years. I think it was just before the turn of the century he was president. And um, he was a very active member. He was also president of one of our regional 
groups. We've got regional supporters all over the country, and Devon and Cornwall, where he heralded from, he was the first ever president down there. He played, I think, I've, I've had the stats today, he played 85 cricket matches for the Taverners. Wow. He wasn't a bad bowler. And in one match, he got Dennis Lilly out. How about that? <laughs> you know, not known for his batting, Dennis Lilly, perhaps, but it's still an international wicket that you or I would have taken. That's, <laughs> that's sure. right. I think I read um, that somewhere. But yeah, he, yeah he, you know, he was full of life. He was a performer, of course, you know, actor originally, a game show host, all those things. And he did lots of sort of a variety of things to entertain people at our events. And he, um, so he's much loved and much and will be much missed. He was at pretty much every single Lord's Taverners event that I've been to uh, yes. in recent times. I mean, he was. I know you've got lots of uh, well-known and uh, illustrious supporters, but um, I always remember seeing him at every single one, without exception. That's right, and he was a Taverner since 1964. We looked it up. Wow. Uh, and that's pretty early in the days of the Taverners when, you know, there might have been about 500 members or something like that. So, uh, yeah, he, he was active as he was in his career on radio and things right up until he became uh, a little bit ill. But uh, we'd all take um, 95, 96, I think he was. Yeah. Um, and being active for all that time. And, uh, yeah, he, he had a real passion for cricket, a love for cricket and what cricket could do for young people. And that's where the Taverners came in and why we were his uh, favourite charity, really. Paul, obviously the Taverners do do a lot of great work. Um, how important is it for the Taverners to have people like Nicholas Parsons and other big-name celebrities on board? Well, it, 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 it can only help, I think, having that sort of ambassadors who genuinely want to support, you know, um, you know a, a well-known group of, uh, in your group of DJs, Greg James at the moment doing the Radio 1 show. <laughs> He's, he's one of our big supporters at the moment because his mum was a special needs teacher and he loves cricket. So, you know, it's the, the tradition of having these broadcasters or um, people from the entertainment industry supporting the Taverners. People think of us as a cricket charity, but actually our roots are in the entertainment uh, from a bunch of entertainers who loved cricket. So there's a subtle difference. And, um, and, and so that heritage still lives on. I think it, it's, uh, it helps us get our message across about what we do for the young people we're constituted to help. The current president is Sir Trevor MacDonald. Um, and That's he's, right. he's, uh, Is it a couple of years he's been in the job now? That's right. It's normally a two-year presidency. And before him, there was Sir Michael Parkinson, who was also very good. He was fantastic, Parky, and obviously <laughs> great, to, great to bring in uh, guests because everyone wants to be interviewed by him. Piers Morgan so when we got, um, Yeah, Piers Morgan. We got um, Rob Brydon at one of the events and David Walliams a couple of years ago, you'll remember. Yeah. And they all did it for nothing because they wanted to be interviewed by Parky. So, uh, so, uh, and he's still involved. He still supports and comes to the odd thing. So um, we're very lucky in that regard, yes. In terms of the Lord's Taverners, what sort of events have you got coming up in the near future that people can get involved with or help support with? Yeah, well, and certainly for the cricket lovers out there, which I know this is all about, we've got a couple of uh, big events we're working on this year um, in the London region. One is going to be at the Oval on the night before the West Indies Test Match, which will be a West Indies Cricket Legends evening. So that's one to look out for. And the other one is later in the year, which uh, is going to be great fun. We're working with the Cricketer magazine and, uh, uh, on that. And it will be on the 30th of September at Lords, And that will be Cricket's Greatest Moments, where um, over the course of the summer, people will be putting their thoughts on, on that. And then a panel which will include, I think we've got Phil Tuffle and David Gower at the moment to host the evening. 
and we hope some other uh, notables to have a panel discussion. But the audience on the night will decide on their greatest ever cricket moment. How difficult is that going to be? Oh, my God. Those dinners are absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I remember the greatest wicketkeepers dinner um, yes. last year or the year before. And uh, what a turnout of wicketkeepers you had. I, I think, you know, every single living legend was there that night. And uh, amazing yeah, to see a, such a that gathering. that was a, a very much a special evening. Um, you know, Alan Knott and Rodney Marsh, for those who remember, knowing that Jeff Dujon, all sorts of people. And we've had few of those we've done fast bowlers we had legendary captains and that was quite oh, yeah. amazing with Richie Benno and Gary Sobers, Viv Richards, Clive, um, Clive Lloyd, Gavaska I mean it was really a who's who yeah um, and I think that was back in 2013 so we've got a good track record of amazing cricket events that obviously the purpose is to entertain but the prime purpose is to raise funds for the projects um, and programs we've got all over the country that help kids through cricket be, uh, improve their lives. And, of course, it's not just the big events you have going on. If people go onto your website, which is lordstaverners.org, and there's a, web, there's a page there for events, I think it looks like you've got 57 events listed uh, from quiz nights. I've noticed there's pig racing yeah. at the Borringdon Park <laughs> Golf Club. Well, there you go. You know more than me. So, sounds like a cracker. Uh, a Taverners 11 going to South Africa with Mike Gatton and David Gower. Yeah, I've managed to wangle myself onto that one. Are you playing? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's that, that desperate, Darren. I'd love to. I'd love to. I've never been, actually, so I'm really looking forward to that. I've played in Australia and the West Indies. I've never been to South Africa. So um, if I can get on the field for five minutes and misfield a ball or drop a catch, I'll be quite happy. And but, you, uh, you, no, we've got about, about 40 or 50 people going because as a Taverners uh, member or supporter, uh, you can pay to join the likes of, uh, as you say, Gas and Gower, Gladstone Small, um, Rob Andrew, Andy Caddick, uh, all sorts of people coming out on the fantastic. tour. So it'll be great, great fun. We're playing against... Uh, South Africa Legends 11, captain by Peter Kirsten. So, uh, you know, it'll be a, a lot of fun. And, and we're raising money for our sister charity out there, which is the Lord's Tavern of South Africa, who do table cricket, which is for disabled kids, which is one of the things we do here. And, of course, it's worth reminding people there's also now a big lady tavern section as well, isn't there? There's always been since about, uh, for about 30 years. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're all one thing. So Lady Taverners is part of... Um, the Lord's Taverners in terms of fundraising have their own type of fundraising events and things so we're all one happy family now but we were a blokes club for a long time in those bad old days when uh, we <laughs> kept the ladies out so we can't do that anymore quite right. Move with the times. So we're all, we're all one thing but they retain a special heritage of their own and, uh, and are great supporters and and so, raise funds for, for, for the programme. So details of all of these events, and if people want to join, donate, whatever else, if they go via the, um, the Taverners website, which we'll put a link on, the, on our Facebook page. Um, Thank you. But, um, and, and on that South Africa tour, there probably still, are there still places if people want to come? There are still places if people want to come, and uh, they can tailor the trip. It's a five-day trip, staying at the Westin Hotel, a couple of cricket matches, a gala dinner, a winery trip, all the stuff you'd expect that Cape Town offers, but some people are tagging on, if, they, if they're fortunate enough to, they tag on a trip to a safari or whatever. Wow. So, um, so, no, it's great, and you hang out, you stay in the ho same hotel as all the, all the uh, celebrities and have a great time, and, um, you know, we're all there to support the cause um, that we believe in, which is getting these disabled and dis disadvantaged young people the opportunities that they haven't been, that, uh, you know, most of us have been fortunate to have. Okay, well, we'll let you crack on. We know you've got things to do, but uh, thank you so much for giving us your time, Paul. And um, we'll all That's spare a thought for Nicholas Parsons this evening. And um, 
hopefully yeah. people can support what a great cause it is. And uh, can I just congratulate you and all the hard work you personally put in, because I know you, how hard you work for this. So thank you for your efforts. It, it's, it's a job, but it's my hobby. So <laughs> there's no better thing to do, is there? It's a bit like you on the radio. You love what you're doing. So don't think of it as a We do work. indeed. We do indeed. <laughs> uh, Thanks for your time, guys. That's Paul Robbins, uh, Paul Robin, uh, CEO of the Lord's Taverners. So that indeed was Paul Robin. Um, he was on his way to the 70th drinks reception, 70th anniversary, yeah. 70th anniversary drinks reception for the Lord's Tavern, which is at the uh, museum at the Lord's Cricket Ground tonight. I imagine it would be good. Have you um, all been Have you been in that Lord's Museum? I'm sure you'd yeah, nice to yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah, Fabulous yeah. place, isn't it? Yeah, yes. it's excellent. Uh, if you do want to join in any of the Lord's Taverners event, if you go on to lordstaverners.org, all the events are listed there. The um, Essex Lord's Taverners do have quite a few events on. Uh, most notably, tomorrow night there's a quiz night at the County Ground at Essex uh, and on February the, February the 11th there is a ladies lunch with the uh, South Ladies Taverners that is at the Cock uh, in Onga and the Cock has recently been done up and it's really really nice in there uh, if you want to go to the quiz night tomorrow night um, give Joe Hicks a contact she's joe.hicks at lordstaverners.org or it's on their website as well uh, but there is quiz entry sit down meal chicken curry it is as vegetarian option there's DJ as well with DJ Dino afterwards as well so uh, if you're bored tomorrow night, you want something to do, go and do that. If you want to donate, you can donate via the uh, website, or you can raise some money for the Lord's Taverners by running marathons and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's well. an easy way to get into the into the marathons and uh, the various bike rides and the big events that go on. The Taverners always have a team or places available, uh, and it's really good getting involved. Uh, you know, go on the website, have a look around, uh, donate, but also look. You know, you've got these events. You've got these dinners. They do these fantastic events. I think Paul just mentioned on there that uh, there's, a, there's a dinner later this year, the greatest cricketing yeah, moment. Great if you can go. Um, so let's move on to some news. And obviously the big news of the week was that uh, England won. Yes. They won the Series 3-1. Yes. Um, after a bit of a sticky start in New Zealand for Chris Silverwood and Joe Root, uh, and a very sticky start to this series when they got well beaten in the first test, they've come back really well, I think. So I think there's a, there's a, there's a combination of England progressing and the pieces falling into place and South Africa um, coming into this England series looked in a real mess and they seemed to sort of flicker into action in the first test but then soon reverted back to type um, it's still it's still encouraging to see the England performing though oh, of course it is yeah I, I think the trouble you know what often happens and you know the media are often as much to blame maybe more than most is that and this applies to any sport if you had a bad match then they exaggerate how bad you are. Yeah. But similarly, you know, if you have a good match, sometimes you can think, oh, all our problems are over. England did very well, but South Africa, especially batting, they weren't very no, good. Were no. they? Do we think England's batting um, is sorted, sort of at the top order? Sibley, Crawley, Burns at the top, Denley. Do we think that's where our future's going to be? I mean, it's been a. a for a long time, the opening partners have been uh, debatable. Yeah. Particularly once Alistair Cook uh, retired, then we seem to struggle. Um, and number three seems to be coming in way too early. I think Don Sibley needs some credit because he really struggled against the moving ball in New Zealand. He struggled against the moving ball in the first test. But then he seemed to work his game out and he seemed to learn where his off stump was and what he shouldn't be playing. Mm. And I think fair play to Don Sibley. He's kind of worked out what he can and can't do at test level very quickly. And it does look now like a, a, a test player that he sort of learnt where his off stump is and has stopped fending at those balls. Yeah, well, I mean, this is so important, isn't it? I mean, we, 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 we all know 
um, what a brilliant batsman uh, Alistair Cook was, but that was because he played to his strengths, yeah. which in all honesty weren't that many, but he didn't attempt to, to experiment no. with his weaknesses, did he? And no. uh, So yes, that's what you've got to do. I think, you know, you've got to say fairly well. Um, Zach Crawley come in and done very well considering Rory Burns' injury. And he, he's not really an opener, Zach Crawley, I don't think. He's, I, I think no, he's, I think when I Burns think, comes back, he, he'll, he'll be uh, shooing at uh, the top. I don't know about you guys, but I think Ollie Pope looks like the natural number yes, three. I think yeah. he looks very good indeed. I think so. I think he, he looks like a natural number three. Joe Root at four, Stokes at five, Crawley at six. So no mention of Joe Denley? I'm not sure Joe Denley would get, you know, is he... I don't know. I'm not sure he's he's going to get another run. I, I don't, I'm just not sure. No. If everyone's fit. My my question mark is always um, besides uh, in, from Test match point of view, not from one day, but, but Butler. I don't think he we, he could yeah. quite right. We, we've side. discussed this. You, I mean, we, we thought it was really harsh on Ben Folks being dropped when I know he got yes. injured. When he wasn't injured, I think it was harsh that yeah. he didn't come was in. It Sri Lanka, he had that splendid tour. Yeah, it, yeah. It really and was West Sri Indies, uh, yeah. 12 months ago, got he did a, well. Got yeah. the 100 in West Indies, got injured, couldn't play the next test, and then when he was fit again, it's just been overlooked. And you've got to say, I'm not sure Butler's going to be the long-term test solution. Fantastic one-day player, no doubt yeah. about that. Um, but for me, I, I would be looking to bring folks back personally. Yeah. I, I'm, I think Chris... You know, Chris Silverwood's um, whatever he is, he knows what he wants, and he, he won't play up to egos. He, he will pick the people who he thinks right. I think we we saw that with Essex. We saw that when he took over at Essex, he made changes that were put in inverted commas, maybe upset a few people, and we saw some people leave the club and new people come in. But he got what he wanted in his position, and, and it worked. It worked, and I think he'll show what he what he's done there that he'll get the team balanced a bit more. But I, I think folks. Folks is more obvious for me than Bearstow. I don't know about you guys. Well, the next series is Sri Lanka. He had a brilliant series there before. It would make perfect sense to give him a chance or at least take him and see oh, what yeah. happens. Right. Another theme of this recent series, I'll be really interested to hear everyone's views on this, discipline problems. So Butler, Stokes and most recently Broad fined for inappropriate language. And there were a couple of South African players, Vernon Philander, um, for the same offence and uh, as we saw um, Rabada picked up a ban uh, an accumulation of points for exuberant celebrations um, do we think there's a discipline problem um, in, in the England side at the moment? Wait, what, um, by problem you mean is it a problem that they are penalised for or is it a problem that they commit the offence in the first place I, I, I personally um, don't like to see it at all mm. Um, I mean, on the one hand, either they're role models and, they're, and we're trying to encourage youngsters into the game. Yeah. Well, if you encourage a youngster in the game and then he starts effing and blinding at, at somebody on the other side, that's not what you want, is it? So I'm, no. I, I fully back any of these disciplinary measures that are taken. I, and, and there again, social media, it, it, it's, it's very useful at times, but, it, but it's a pain in the neck. At I was just going to say, know, I got involved pe- pe- in it. When, when, when Stokes was, was fined a what was it? It was a quarter of his match fee, which is only mm. loose change in so the back pocket care. to somebody yeah. like him, anyway. And, and points, you know, somebody said, "Oh, people forget that he was sportsman of the year." No, they don't. It's got nothing to do with yeah. it at all. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean he's, you know, he can't commit any other sins. On it, Twitter, somebody said to me when I was when I was tweeting about that, and and somebody came back and said, "Well, what was he supposed to do?" Um, you know, <laughs> football, for example, 
you know, you you switch on any football game and you will see, if someone's taking a corner, you will see the amount of vitriol that's being... Yes, of course. And you just have to block it out. You but you, you'll also see footballers being abusive to referees, being abusive to the crowd, and nothing happens to footballers. Exactly. It's, but it's I, a ser- To me, that's a serious failing in football. That's one football's of football's diff- biggest yeah, I problems. I don't really want to sort of compare too deeply football and no, cricket because we, the culture's completely if different. If you look at the sport fan culture, in, in that football does it, and they get away with it. Cricket has been doing it recently and getting away with it. I think this demerit point for the swearing is a fairly new thing from the ICC. It seems to suddenly have come in in this series. Like that, you've not seen lots of. There's been swearing going on previous. We know that we've heard that we've heard it on stump mics ourselves, and we've yeah. we've heard the apologies. It seems suddenly now that it's getting demerit. I mean, Ben Stokes was a separate thing. You can't have a go at the crowd. It's no. a demerit point, but. You know, it's one of those things that if you watch rugby, for example, you can't have a go at the referee in rugby. No. You don't no, really see... You, although the crowd do have a go at the players, it kind of it is a water off the duck's back in, in rugby. They, you know, they go and have a beer afterwards and everyone says sorry, etc. Um, but yeah, it does creep itself into to cricket. You are seeing more and more abuse. And it, it, it certainly... You just can't react, it, you know, you can't react language. You no. just can't react. It's all part of learning to play the game at that level, yeah. really. Mm. Yes. And, and as you mentioned, uh, Brett, in passing stump mics, I, I think they're an abomination. I think they should be done away with completely. Well, they're, they're there for the snicko because we don't oh, well, trust... I mean, them. sorry, I don't mean... Yeah, yeah. I, I, shouldn't have said, I shouldn't have said done away with but, completely. But, I don't think the public should... No, should, should I, 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 I'm them. with you. I mean, there are times where you can play stuff on the stump mic. I, I most notably think back to the uh, Freddie Flintoff Tino best exchange. <laughs> where, but with stuff like that, you know, it, it's really broadcaster discretion. The question there is, are the broadcasters now trying to make players sound like something they're not a bit tit for tat kind of thing do you know thing. what I thought in this series for the first time that the broadcasters of the media seemed to be so intrusive into the game oh. they you know whether it's stomach but every summer and you were looking at shots of the ground and there was obviously there's a lot of media there but rather than just respectfully ringing you know ringing the boundary or speaking from the edge they were at the middle and there was that famous um, thing of uh, of Nas Hussein giving a master class uh, and Van der Dusen stood there watching and sort of trying to pick up on... And it was almost like the media are now to the point where they're trying to dictate the game to the players rather than being an interested observer. Oh, yes. Well, they, they would say they pull the strings, they pump, you know, millions or billions of pounds into it. The only... A slightly flippant comment, I must admit, but the, the only time I would forgive bad behaviour <laughs> by, by a, a cricketer would be when he's walking off the pitch, having been out very, very cheaply, and there's some blessed cameraman about oh, a, a yard yeah, from yeah. under his nose. Uh, you know, if That's he, happened a couple well, of times, hasn't it? They're, if some cameraman gets smashed behind the head by a bat, the, then, yeah. I, then I won't be saying that the batsman shouldn't have done it. I'll be saying, you, good for you. You might have to say fair play to the South African, whoever worked it out from South Africa TV, because they had their camera was on remote control. <laughs> Yeah, a little buggy thing, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? We can get that out of the way really quickly. Um, talking of South Africa... Um, they're in a pretty sad state of affairs, aren't they? they? Are. I yeah, mean, they are. If you look Top at to it, bottom. Van der Dusen done okay. De Kock with the bat. Rabada looks a very, very good bowler. Norke, um, with a, again, looked a decent bowler and possibly going to turn into an all-rounder. Uh, with Philander going, it looks like Duplessis might be going as well. Oh. Where, where are Where is South Africa cricket going? I mean, unless they do something quickly to address this Colpac situation. Well, uh, if there was no Colpac, that side could have possibly had oh. Kyle Abbott, uh, Dwayne Oliver, Simon Harmer, 
Now, with those guys in there, that's a completely different team. Oh, of course it is. Mm. There's probably one or two other names, uh, Darren, that yeah. could go in yeah. as well. Yeah. But, of course, once they take the Colpac option, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No way back. No. Well, the, the, I mean, Kevin Peterson made a big thing of it. I don't know if you saw his tweets. Um, he, he made a big thing that, you know, players should be allowed to earn as much money as possible, which means they can go and play in England and they can represent South Africa. I think he's kind of missing that it, it's... I think it's employment law, isn't it? That means mm. they have to become coal pack yeah. and yeah. give up. That. Yeah, yeah, it's not so that there easy. is there is a kind of, you know, there should be a happy middle ground somewhere, and I'm not sure where we're going to find it, but it would be good to have that. That you know, you want to see the best players playing county cricket. Maybe it's time to go back to the two overseas professionals and get rid of coal pack. Is that going to be the answer? Well, we're waiting as well on this change with the uh, Brexit laws and yeah. whether, whether that actually has any impact. It's we a problem for cricket yet. all the way down, isn't it? I mean, even at club level, if you're thinking about getting an overseas player now for your club, you've got to jump through a hell of a lot of hoops yes. to, to, to make that happen. There's something I'm going to raise, and I know it's sometimes it feels like you're moaning about people, but umpires... Mm. Uh, are we losing the art a bit of umpiring at, at international level missing no balls and some of these there seems to be I mean Joel Wilson particularly again I mean I remember him from the Ashes and he had a, a disaster test at the Ashes and he, he does seem to be I don't know if I want to say he's relying on the technology to get him out of neither not giving decisions where he should be and Oh, they can well, turn no it balls, over. No ball. Yeah. Can't they have a, beep, a beeper, like in tennis, where, you know, if there is a no ball, a beeper will go yes. on? Yeah. yeah. I mean, personally, I, I would, and I I think I've kept to it, I've never, ever criticised uh, an umpire on air. I think they do an incredibly difficult job. Yeah. Made every day, every year, every season, more and more difficult by the attitudes of the players. Mm. And they've got so much to look at now. I, I wouldn't do their job for all the tea in China. Admittedly, I don't know all the intricacies of the laws, which probably doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I wouldn't criticise them too much. But I agree, Darren, why you can't have... Yes, uh, it could even be robotic. You probably don't, don't need a person. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, just and, and it would actually be good for the crowd if you had like an audible across yes. the, 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 the speakers. Yeah. If me, someone... To me, it looks like the players don't care about nobles. They're pushing and pushing and pushing, and they think they can and, get get and, away and with also, it. Also, I mean, I don't know. I was never a, a fast bowler. You know, does that extra six inches or a foot does it actually make any difference? I guess you obviously want to get as close as you can to a batsman to release the ball. I understand. Maybe, maybe there's an easy answer. Maybe is we do. We've got the technology. Let's use it. Yeah. And and here's the easy answer. After the six no ball you bowl in an innings... You're off. Every, no, every oh. time you do that as a team, you get fined five runs. Yeah. Let's yeah. see how quickly that, that changes yeah. the no, where players land. Yeah. I, I bet they'll all land behind the line really quickly. You don't get nearly so many no balls in one day or 2020, no, you don't. do you? Because, no. of, because of the penalties so and, and the free, free ball and all that. To me, to me, I know the umpires are being pushed and pushed and maybe it is time to give some power back to them. I would, you know, if I was, in a sense, if we've got the technology, if the umpire has got an unsure LBW, go back to saying, I'm unsure on this, I need to check if he's hit it. If he's not hit it, I'm giving it out, or I'm, you know, and maybe use the technology that way as well. I know it's sometimes we talk about slowing the game down, but, get, you know, make it a bit easier for all. All right, join in the debate. Everyone, if you got uh, these, these are topics that I think everyone's got strong views on. Get involved on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram feeds. Let us know what you think. Well, you know, where could uh, technology uh, be used proactively to help the game, help the players, help the umpires, uh, and make spectating cricket 
that much more enjoyable. Get in touch. Right, so let's just look at some other news that's been going on around the world. It's a busy time. Cricket doesn't seem to stop at all. Um, we've got the third or the T20I series um, in Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan are playing Bangladesh. The third game was called off without a ball being bowled. Now, this was in Lahore, which wasn't the main venue for the cricket this year, but it's that time of the year where the weather's a concern. So it wasn't a big surprise that um, this game was rained off, but that meant that Pakistan take the series 2-0 and they retain top spot in the World T20 rankings. Um, so with that T20 series over, Pakistan and Bangladesh now start playing um, a small test match series. It's only two games, um, but the first test is on February the 7th. Talking of T20, North Hants have signed Kieran Pollard for the uh, middle part of this year's T20 Kyron. Blast. Kyron. Kyron Pollard, yeah. Kyron. <laughs> uh, he'll play eight games with a home game against um, Durham on the 5th of June. thing could be a good signing. Good signing. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of North Ham fans are, 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 are really excited about this. And uh, Yeah. Why not? They, you know, again, one of those ones. Um, well, they're probably also excited about being back in the first division. Probably yeah. far more excited yeah. about that. Yeah. And, that, and it, just as a sort of a stat... Um, Pollard, who's the West Indies captain, has played 499 T20 matches oh. in his career, far more than anyone else. Really? Huh. So, I mean, that's, 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 that makes you think, doesn't it? Zimbabwe, Sri Lanka, second test. Zimbabwe going really well. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Four Lots of runs. 406 first innings, uh, 293 all out for Sri Lanka, and 241 for seven. So they are leading by. 354 you'd fancy they could uh, win that one yeah and that would be good to see just second test back and they they could pull off a result yeah the under 19s icc world cup i know a lot of people um have been following this closely and there's been a lot of uh, comment on our facebook page and uh, thank you everyone for getting involved and and uh, and telling us where you can watch it and uh, it is there it is on you know sky are doing a good job of covering it but also if you wander around some of the indian channels uh, or, or the Pakistani channels that are further up the Sky Guide than you might normally go. Uh, you can find, you know, the, the India games that are going on, the Pakistan games. But anyway, at the uh, under 19 World Cup, there's a really, it's, it's getting to kind of the, the, the climax of the tournament. But I just picked out a story um, this week, which is highly unusual, of Australia's Jake Fraser McGurk being sent home after a monkey scratched his face on uh, a visit to a nature reserve on a day off <laughs> it's one of the better ones isn't it it really is um, we are running out of time gentlemen what can I say thank you for joining us it's been thank an you. absolute pleasure having you both here we'd love to talk more and obviously hopefully we'll get you back at some point oh, yeah. in the future and chat even more and stuff like that um yeah I, I, we're going to touch on some other stuff next week I don't know if you've seen a film called death of the gentleman yet no it's um it's on amazon if you get a chance to watch it something we're going to be discussing next week uh really good film put together i watched it the other day about cricket if you get a chance to watch it this week watch it and then um we'll give our views on it next week because uh, it's a film that's a few years old but really really is fascinating yeah, yeah. Um, that's it remember like us on facebook follow us on twitter follow us on instagram and subscribe to us on apple podcast Play straight, play great. We'll see you all next week. Ta-da! 98 Not Out, sponsored by Shepherd Neen. Proud supporters of cricket in Essex.